Good afternoon. Will the cost of living crisis lead people to making more conscious choices? Yesterday, I did a 45 minute uh, deep dive into the current state of affairs as it comes to the cost of living crisis, particularly in the UK, examining some of the realities, root causes and possible resolution. And the latter part, resolution, was perhaps one of the most complicated parts to examine. And it's been really, really on my mind since I started pre preparing for yesterday's episode. Um, in addition to the systemic issues that we're currently looking at within Elevate. But the question that the guiding question of this uh, walk and talk is, will the cost of living crisis lead to more conscious choices? And I'm going to examine this from a number of different lenses. Um, firstly, within yesterday's episode, I talked about how economic theory postulates that when supply is constrained and demand remains equal or greater, then prices will inevitably rise. Now, those who argue against um, intervention in the markets suggest that the market will eventually correct itself in, in a couple of different ways. One, that new suppliers will enter in the market to increase the supply thereby driving down the prices. Now, of course, uh, that in itself is a little bit more complex when it comes to goods like gas and electric and fuel, uh, where the very supply side equation itself is part of the problem. Uh, but the other argument is that where resources are scarce, then people will make more conscious choices about how they use the resources. Um, but does that lead to what I would describe as more conscious choices over the longer term? Let's first examine it under the current context of the cost of living crisis. And I reflect upon my own behaviors in this. Um, when I first caught wind of the kind of rising utility prices, gas, electric, etc. I first noticed it not in my own bills, but in other people sharing their stories of how shocked they were at the sudden rise in their energy bills. Uh, and then later in my own bills, did I see it? Um, and given the magnitude of the rises at home, my wife and I did end up making and continue to do so, making more conscious choices about how we use the power within our home. Some of these are beneficial. For example, if we're going from room to room and we're not gonna be back in the room again for 10, 15 minutes, half an hour, making sure the lights are turned off. That just makes simple sense. A, from our own personal financial standpoint, it's gonna reduce our bill, but actually in terms of overall usage, environmental impacts, etc., it makes sense to make more conscious choices like this. And I know from stories of hundreds of people within our network that other people are making similar choices. Um, and some of those choices are micro choices that may have negligible impact on their bills. But there are some stories that I've heard where people have made more significant changes to their own consumption patterns, where they've identified significant wastage in their own energy usage. Now, 
This is a positive driver, but will it lead to enduring change? In times of crisis like this, and the term crisis is rather subjective, but it's very evident that people are struggling financially during this time, and it's all the, all the indicators are, are not pointing in a very positive direction. But let's take a step back during COVID, during the lockdowns where many of the retail establishments, hospitality establishments were forced to close. It was interesting how people's food consumption choices varied during that time. Although there are exceptions, <laughs> some people descended into even more gluttonous habits. But for instance, a number of people reflected how they didn't miss some of the fast foods and the routine of purchasing breakfast on the go and living this high-paced lifestyle that led to choices that were adverse to their own health. And again, there are clearly exceptions to that. Many people during lockdown planted themselves directly in front of the television and basically didn't move for the entirety of the time. There was a segment of the portion who made that decision. But there are others that made different choices during the course of the pandemic. But then lo and behold, as soon as the restrictions lifted and McDonald's reopened and such, the economic machine kicked back in and people's previously conscious choices were no longer conscious. Referring back to, returning back to the click were unconscious behaviours of consumption that lead to stress, poor health, etc, etc. So under the, con under the constraints that we're facing now, where people's very real financial outgoings are being uh, increased, people are making uh, different choices. Uh, people are making different choices. They're constraining their, um, they're constraining their energy use in order to reduce their bills. But my point of telling the story of the pandemic is this is likely only for for many to uh, only endure for as long as the bills are heightened, or at least become normalised in the context of the overall economy. Because over time it may take a while but over time earnings will uh, eventually stabilize with costs how long that will take under conditions like this that is unknown at this present time and it's you know we can speculate um, but uh, do people make more conscious choices in times like this yes they probably do um, but it's by force rather than by choice so you could argue it's not necessarily actually a conscious choice if it's being made as a result of an external constraint. So there's lots of debate now around um, what's really happening here. And there's lots of noise around the climate and energy, the Great Reset, Net Zero, and the politicization of uh, climate activity, environmentalism. And the hard reality is that we, over the long-term future, will continue to consume a great deal of energy. And I looked at some charts prior to this broadcast, and it's very clear that as population increases, as does energy consumption, almost in a like-for-like -like fashion. So for every new individual, every new person born, there is a, a requisite increase in energy production. So there are the Malthusians, that, that is, the ones who believe, therefore, we should constrain population growth. Some would describe that as eugenics. 
which many would argue is part of the overall philosophy of the likes of the Great Reset and the centralist technocratic view of the world, uh, where central organizations try to impose their worldview on humanity. Um, it keeps stopping. Okay, I hope you can hear me. I mean, I'm trying to establish, I'm, try, I'm trying to establish why, I mean, in a massive open space here, let me have a look at my signal. Bad signal, possibly. Oh, it's really frustrating. I was on a roll. <laughs> um, reasonable strength. Maybe if I just stand still, let me know how it's rolling. Uh, if I just stand still here where it's, unless I perhaps, yeah, let's, let's roll with that. So I was saying there is this centralist view that, or this Malthusian view that we must um, cut emissions and that there is this centralized authoritarian approach to doing so. Now, the flip side is, um, under the current way that we live our lives, referring back to are we conscious, is that since the dawn of advertising, uh, corporations, companies, marketers, advertisers have learned, so much for standing still, I'm on the move, um, <laughs> can't help myself, um, have learned the art of manipulating our dopamine, our neurochemistry, to make us want and desire more products. So irrespective of population growth, although that is a factor, uh, we are, can anticipate as there are new developments in technology that the machine will continue to grow and uh, businesses, advertisers will continue to market in more sophisticated ways using big data, uh, algorithms, AI, behavioral science, persuasion and influence to continue to hijack people's neurochemistry and keep people on the consumption wagon, which is always going to drive additional demand for energy because every new technology is going to drive energy consumption. And the more we are driven to consume, the more energy that's required. So it's baked into the current model that Consumption will rise over time and that will be uh, multiplied by population growth and also the development of developing economies. So you can imagine how that does put pressure on energy supply. However, we've got two different ways of looking at this in terms of how we can go about making sense of that. One, we can make conscious choices ourselves as sovereign, uh, autonomous individuals within the context of full information where we can actually assess the situation in good faith and say, you know what, actually becoming awake, becoming conscious will actually lead to more conscious consumption and finding gratification, which is ultimately what dopamine gives us. And by the way, the dopamine that we get from consuming products, in fact, the dopamine, the dopamine that we get from the want, even prior to consuming the product, is actually greater than uh, purchasing the product itself. So the excitement, the anticipation of purchasing itself, which is, is really the zone of advertising, creates this dopamine hit that is akin to the dopamine hit that our ancestral hunter-gatherer uh, 
uh, sorry, our hunter-gatherer ancestors got from uh, 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 sourcing their own food, building their own shelters, etc., etc. So our hardwired neurochemistry hasn't really evolved over thousands of years. But what's changed is our environment, our economic environment, where people understand how to hijack that neurochemistry for financial gain. So rather than approaching a Malthusian, centralized, autocratic, authoritarian, utopian dystopia, then really, if we are to prosper, then we must, in our own way, find a path to awakening and more conscious choices in order to meet our human needs and to find a different path to gratification. Because all the while that we are finding our self-esteem, having our needs met by things external to ourselves, then we remain in this cycle. We remain in the stuck in the cycle of consumption in order to uh, sustain our own sense of self-worth. So it's in some ways an inner game. But one of the hard realities we must face, and COVID and the response to COVID has highlighted this, is that the catastrophization, the alarmism, have uh, and crises have become tools to mobilize yes the great reset and other agendas because what they do is they hijack our limbic system they put us into fear and rational thought and critical thinking rapidly erode and uh, we become prone to almost childlike we descend into this childlike state where paternalism or maternalism depending on how you look at it People clamor uh, like the frightened child to the nearest adult to be told that it's going to be okay and this is what we need to do and everything's going to be fine. But that leads to authoritarianism. It leads to totalitarianism. And that is the path that we're all, we are currently on in that uh, an increasingly concentrated, centralized group of authorities, either elected or unelected, are playing the role by amplifying crisis, uh, amplifying and uh, creating alarm in order to induce anxiety, fear, and therefore to impose their will upon the masses. And in doing so, people have become unconscious. And the more unconscious that people become, the more susceptible they become to active, uh, ad advertising, marketing, and so the machine trundles on. Um, so we must be aware that yes, price rises in the short term will drive to more cons uh, 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 conscious decisions around how we use our energy, primarily driven by an external financial metric. But if we are to prosper over the long term, we must become more conscious more deeply and actually reevaluate what is important to us on an individual level and a societal level if we are to transcend our current differences. Otherwise, we are at the mercy of the small number, the great few who hold and wield the greatest power and influence and all of a sudden we fall into the trap of crisis after conflict, after crisis, after catastrophe. It, regardless of whether it actually is a crisis, a conflict or a catastrophe, we are our perception of the world as it is, is forged and uh, melded out of the media that is owned by the machine. So. Uh, we really must consider our place in history 
and reimagine how we live our lives if we are to break free of the current mold, which is uh, the rising centralized, technocratic, authoritarian approach to any given issue in the world. Um, so are we in a great reset? Is this the financial reset? Yes, it is. Uh, that is the hard reality of the situation that we find ourselves in. And there is a rebalancing occurring. There is, we are in a transitionary time, but within that transitionary time, there is inevitably going to be a tumultuous period it's going to be fragmented, it's going to be more divisive than ever before, but there is a rebalancing. Life always finds a way through uh, to equilibrium, even the, as it passes through entropy. So we are at a stage in history where things are changing and uh, things will likely get harder and worse before they get better. Uh, but the more people who do become awake or conscious to not only what is happening, but their own personal responsibility in the game of life that we are living, then the more, uh, the, the more, the more vibrantly and more rapidly that we can transcend our current predicament. Now, I want to leave you on this. My sound is variable. I don't know what's going on. Every time I come up here, there must be some interference at where I am, uh, where I do the videos here. Um, but tomorrow evening at 7pm till 10pm within our private community, we are joined by a gentleman named Sam. Now Sam chooses to remain fiercely independent. He doesn't share his surname or his digital identity, but he is joining us for three hours tomorrow to give an informed assessment of the current financial reset, the underlying trends, some of the historical factors, as well as some of the options available to citizens to manage their assets, to protect their downsides, and explore whether crypto, blockchain, decentralized finance are going to be a path forward or whether they are part of the problem. All of these things will be um, uh, covered in a three-hour interactive session within the Elevate Network for our members. Uh, tickets are also available if you don't want to become a member of our network. Um, and I'll put the link to this event in the comments. Um, I personally have already attended this particular workshop with Sam several months ago, and I took pages of notes. Uh, we don't agree on everything, uh, but certainly um, he's a very balanced and humble gentleman that tells it as it is and gives some very real uh, and insightful perspective. So uh, you're invited to join us tomorrow evening uh, from 7 till 10 UK time, but we will be taking a break in between, don't worry. <laughs> um, but uh, look out for the details in the comments, I'll send the link, and uh, it'd be great to see some of you there. Thanks for tuning in, apologies again for the disruption to the signal, I don't know what it is about up here, um, there must be some interference because of all the big trees, um, talking of nature and conscious decisions, uh, I consciously chose to come up here because I like to be in nature, uh, but Clearly, it's a signal and a sign to put my technology away <laughs> and get back to being present in the nature around me. So I hopefully you're able to catch most of this. Thanks for tuning in. If you're not already part of our Elevate Network, you can go ahead and join us at weareelevate.org. That's weareelevate.org. We're repositioning the organization to become a grassroots organization for change. Um, looking at really systemic change, how we evaluate some of these problems that I've articulated within the context of today's broadcast. Um, 
and to start to, to drive citizen-led solutions to some of the, the challenges that we're only facing locally, but nationally and globally as well. So um, do come and see us at weareelevate.org. Thanks again for tuning in. Peace and love to you. I'll see you soon.